Folks, let's pick it up where we left off. Let's continue the conversation with fellow coach Ardita Karai talking about frameworkless transformation. And in the second half of this conversation, she talks about the specific focus on outcomes and the steps you need to take to create this kind of environment for your teams and for your clients, the kinds of behaviors and mindsets that are absolutely essential. Hope you enjoy it. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. So what is your what is your process then, if you can share that? If it's not, well, here's step one, step two, step three. There sounds like there's a lot of discovery, uh, yes. and a lot of listening and empathy yes. going on there. What does your process look like, if you can even define it? Um, meet them. Okay. Listen to them, understand their problem, understand their business, understand their challenges, understand their desires and where they want to be, where they want to go and propose options. Um, Have an agreement with them about the time that they need to spend on this big learning that we had because initially it feels like, oh, we have some coaches, they're going to come and do certain things here, one workshop here, one workshop there and we're were said. Uh, No, there is a lot of work that leaders have to do themselves. uh, And usually that was not planned. So learning, giving them that option that, hey, you can do this, but it's going to take longer. Or you can do this in a shorter time, but you need to really put your time on this. So what is your time commitment on this? Um, So having all those buyings, having this agreement in place early, and an approach that we co-create, it's it's giving us better results. That's awesome. Talk to me about buying a little more. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you don't stick with a team for a while, there's a temptation to say, oh, oh, great, yeah. we've got it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for your time. I don't want to spend any more on coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what ends up happening is they backslide into the old ways of being, or they start making decisions and modifications yeah. that don't serve them. So there, there is a sense of a coach needs to be there over time. Mm-hmm. You don't go in and teach, you know, if you think about a professional hitting coach and a baseball team, maybe, yeah. or a vocal coach for an opera singer, yeah. you don't just sit there and go, okay, tweaks, one, two, three, make these adjustments yeah. and you're good. Yeah. It's an ongoing thing. Yes. Even if you get it, mm-hmm. I want to make you better. Yeah. I want to come back and make you even better next yeah. time. Yeah. So what are some approaches to an organization? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the executive supports there at the very top yes, level. we do. But we all know that that doesn't always trickle down mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of low fidelity. By the time it gets down to the team level and the local management, mm-hmm. they're like, we don't have time for this. We got yeah. back-to-back meetings all yeah. day. How do you make it stick? How do you get that commitment? Uh, do you have anything to share? You have so many things I need to unwrap from a whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah, to to let's start with uh, something that is really important: the um, C level buy-in. Um, without that, really is just talk. Um, and to be honest with you, people, when we go through these changes and these um, uh, bringing these new practices, people are asking, "Well, is my C level doing this as well?" So and that is going and that is going to their ears. Um, it is an open and that they have created a place where they say, "I want to hear. I want to hear everything that is going on because this is how I'm going to support now this 
different way of working that I'm trying to bring here. Uh, so that that is a good thing. Um, what else? Um, you were saying that it goes into um, from top down, and then it it, uh, it, it hey, we're busy. Um, we're taking the top down and um, bottom up approach. We're taking both. So while we are empowering the teams and getting the teams to learn how to do that, we're also working with the executives to support, to understand the language and to uh, have a clear goal on what we're looking for. So um, the same overview training that we give to the uh, managers and senior managers, we are also giving to the CE level and or, or senior VPs. And with that in mind now, the conversation ha is, uses the same words, the same lingo when they speak to each other. And it creates that connection, it creates that understanding. Um, that is a good start. And as you say, usually it starts well and everyone is rah, 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 happy. Uh, where do we go when we face a challenge? So to eliminate that need to go back to the old ways, we have that um, one of the options uh, that, um, not options, one of the domains that um, uh, business agility brings is make it stick, m measure and sustain. And one of the elements of that is also the um, building, creating, supporting internal enablers. So people that have the right mindset, have the desire, they are the spark, they move others, right? Uh, have these people well supported, trained, coached, supported to a place where you don't need anymore a coach in place uh, all the time, but these are the people that now move the others. And they, because they are working close to teams, because they are hands-on day-to-day, they are actually better than coaches. Well, sure. They're, they're invested in the organization yes. too. I mean, I'm an outsider. I'm a contractor yeah. to, to the organizations I work with. So the first thing that I want to do is prepare for my exit yeah. and get people ready to take on the coaching role right. and, and learn, you know, one of the things that you never taught is how to influence people. Yes. It's how to make a change and how to motivate and capture an individual person so that the change is stickier. Yes. Right. Exactly. And that's, the, uh, that's one of the more important things a coach can do. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, so our approach has been into let's go help an organization, one of the groups, uh, with starting and bringing the knowledge. So it's a little bit of teaching in initially, but also identifying these enablers, these people that are going to stay behind and are going to continue to uh, are going to continue to keep the team honest, and uh, they are the ones that then we go through them now. Every organization, no matter how good you are, there is always room for improvement, right? Even uh, you were mentioning like uh, coaching uh, for singing or for baseball. Um, even a team that just won, even Raptors have a coach, right? Mm. They just won the best team in basketball. Even they have a coach. So mm. the need for a coach is always there because there is always something to do better. And... Um, in these cases where we have these enablers running and doing the best they can and improving day to day, a coach's focus then is improving into what is the next level I want to bring 
this group and then work through that and uh, poke ideas here and there. Have you thought about this? How about that? And and that is going to, it's not anymore a teaching, it's more of a, a pointing to a direction. Hey, have you seen this before? Mm-hmm. Might work for you. And then uh, by then these people would be probably, hopefully, uh, um, in that learning culture mindset and they're going to take it and run with it. And what I like about your approach is that it, it, it's about the connecting. It's about yes. letting people find their own map, Yes. right? What will work for you. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for okay. a minute because a lot of listeners I know just in terms of demographic, yeah. they're from big companies. It sounds very nice and pretty what I'm saying, right? Uh, no, not only does it sound nice and pretty, but I'm, I mean, ultimately the, the, the principles are, are founded in things that we know work, yes. but you're always going to bump up against the at scale problem. So yes. a couple of things could happen. Yeah. The first challenge you're going to get is, okay, so we have a lean construction team. That's wonderful. We have lean Kanban or scrum teams doing things, but those are all potentially disjointed. The minute they all need to come together and orchestrate, Mm -hmm. how do they work with change management? How do they work with enterprise architecture? Mm -hmm. How do they work with other enterprise standards? Mm -hmm. Someone's going to say, I need some rules and regulations. I need a roadmap. And then the other thing they're going to say is we need a consistent way because you're you're discussing using potentially different and self-generated tooling Mm -hmm. for the teams. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll use a Kanban board. We may not even have that. So reporting comes back to how do we know how we're performing? Mm -hmm. So those things, again, bring up phantoms and ghosts of let's do everybody do the same thing the same way. So how do you, when you bump up against those challenges, how does a framework-less transformation solve? Well, let's go with the back end. Let's start with the end. Um, What is success? Um, very often, all this bumping and all this conflict is created because of a uh, different understanding of success. And one of the main things we are learning on that initial phase of, when I said there is some teaching in there, one of the initial things that we're learning there is um, uh, how to teach an organization to set good goals and bring their partners when they set these goals. So the partners are also on board with these goals that are being set. Um, I know that some people have allergic reaction to what I'm about to say, but we are using OKRs, Objective Key Results, as a tool to get teams, to not teams, organizations, to set these clear goals. So um, OKRs, if you have to think about it, I don't know how many people might be um, uh, familiar with this, but if I have to put a metaphor around it is, uh, let's say we decided to go from here to San Francisco and we decided to drive. So these decisions were made. So we need to go to San Francisco and we're driving. Um, Your OKR is like your GPS system that it shows you the path that you're taking mm-hmm. and it reroutes you if you took the wrong exit and it keeps you focused into, we're going to San Francisco. Although you might take a break here and there for a coffee or side viewing or anything, I'm going to get you back on the road to San Francisco. Um, there are, however, other types of metrics that we need to have in place. Well, do we have gas in our tank? Is the engine too hot and needs a break? Uh, The air on our tires is good, right? So there are other conditions around that are telling us, are we in good conditions to perform this trip? 
Very often we misunderstand as a success the fact that there is gas in the tank and we call that a success. And this is where conflicts begin because if I am on the department of having gas in the tank, I feel I'm successful, so what else do you need from me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm in the department that now I need to understand, yes, there is gas in the tank, but success is getting to San Francisco, then I have to measure myself in a different way and, and I understand even how the other pieces of this system work together and we support each other. So to bring this back into the organization, all the, these teams that are needed need to be together and understand that goal. If the goal is not clear, if the outcome is not clear, then we're going to have conflicts. And we're doing, uh, just, just to add a little bit more, uh, what we're saying is, we're saying to these lines of businesses, when you set your goals, bring also your partners with you. Don't set goals and start committing to work if your partners are not ready for it. Maybe your partners don't have capacity for it. Or maybe your partners have a higher priority that comes from another area of the organization. So you are one line of business and you're looking only at one small piece of the business, right? Maybe there is another area that has a bigger, higher priority. And this partner needs to help both of you understand the limitation, understand capacity, understand prioritization where you fall, and work around that. And... um, There is this outcome-driven thinking. So when I say let's set goals and let's use OKRs, it's not about anymore uh, do, do a website or build this contract or do that anymore. We are totally shifting the thinking into outcome-driven. And outcome is tell me that behavior that you want to see change in the market from your clients. Tell me that big... Um, change that you want to see. And now these teams that are empowered to choose their process, that hopefully are have all the skills and talents needed to deliver on this, they will find the way to achieve that. Right. So I always use the example of the Apollo 13 movie where yes. the, 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 the point is we got to get four men home. Yes. And there's no other version of success, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whatever it's, this is what you have. These are your constraints. Yes. So you can't make a trip to Home Depot at this point. Yeah. It's whatever's on the shuttle. So we bring the right people together to solve the problem, and they'll do what's necessary in pretty yeah. much the right way. Yeah. Um, they and, chose and, to change the trajectory first, and then exactly, yeah, exactly, because that was the needed. <laughs> but then they had to make a breathable air filter out exactly. of spacesuit parts and right. little things like that. And and so oftentimes things don't go the way we plan. The mm-hmm. idea is to trend towards the outcome. So yes. if our outcome was to to make a square carbon filter fit in a round carbon filter hole. Without understanding the need for it or exactly, why. Exactly. So you, I want to unpack a few things that you said yes. because it's important. Because the principle is that framework-less transformation can work. But you're going to have some resistance from an ideological perspective from people who really want to see Mm well-orchestrated movement and are used to seeing that as an organizational design, Mm -hmm. that we build organizations so that everybody works harmoniously. 
And you're saying the key to that is to, number one, co-create goals. Yes. So let's not set things at the top and say, this is what you're building, this is yeah. what you're doing. Let's be smart about what we're trying to achieve, yeah. number one. Number two, let's create an environment for creativity and innovation by saying the solution matters less yeah. than the outcome. Yeah. A customer can self-serve. Yes. And that saves the organization money. Yeah. Could be a website, could be an app. Right. can be going down at the branch and putting a new pod in a way that we bring clients can be many things. Exactly. Yeah. So if the trip change changes and we want to go see the world's biggest ball of twine, I'm <laughs> quoting National Lampoon's vacation there, <laughs> but if we want to take a side trip, we can still get to the destination. It mm -hmm. just looks different than we thought. Yeah. But uh, let me ask you, that that um, joint goal setting, is that done at the project initiative level or yeah. is it done at the departmental level or yeah. the... Lines of businesses. Lines of so we're talking senior VPs are sitting down with their own partners right? and uh, aligning on this. And then their VPs um, are sitting together because it has to come from a, a supported space, right? right? right. If, uh, if, the team, uh, if the teams do this, they can go up to a certain level. And if those goals are not compatible on a higher level, it's going to be a conflict. So to eliminate that conflict, let's set these outcomes, clear outcomes, not outputs, clear outcomes up with the senior levels and leave the outputs in the hands of the team on the what to do to achieve that outcome. Awesome. So I'm going to make you, I'm going to force you into a box a little bit and okay. say, if I want to do, if I want to start doing this model, I want to start doing a framework list transformation. What are the key concepts that I need to learn and implement? All right. And then at the end, I'll ask you to tell us where we can learn more right. and find out more. Because obviously a very detailed discussion, but mm -hmm. I have one last question to ask you. So let's start with the first one. What are the four or five key concepts that you would say we yeah. have to start practicing yeah. in order to make this work? Uh, definitely is in the hands of the leaders. Uh, you want leaders that really believe on this, uh, buy in, support you, and don't just talk about it, but also like walk the walk, right? So um, this organization, for example, started with a very strong leadership model. Uh, I was impressed to see it when I started. So we're saying two years ago, it was a leadership model that was created by the employees for the employees. It was not uh, created by uh, external people that came and spent some money and created a, some verbs there and put it in front of you. No, it was internal people that really created and they believe on it. And when I read on that, it's really supporting collaboration, making decisions, um, uh, supporting that, that growth of the people and the talent, um, be able to try and learn. So a lot of good things were already in place. Uh, I don't think you can do this in a year and in two years, it needs time, right? So I came to, I came here at a time where some pre-work was done. <laughs> so I, I might call myself lucky. Um, but that support, that leadership model and the leadership uh, mindset, it's really, really important. So when that is in place, then we can start bringing coaches that have an knowledge and an open mind into how they work with the teams. Uh, it is really critical that you bring people that have the knowledge and know how to adapt that knowledge 
for the work for the teams on the right context. Um, unfortunately, some organizations suffer from this, um, and there's more work we have to do as a community. That's why I run my meetup uh, mm -hmm. to to grow uh, people's knowledge and mindset and approach on this. Uh, anyway, different conversation. So uh, having the right people on the right place when it comes to learning, teaching, growing, and bringing the right practices. And then it is the uh, creating enablers, creating those internal people, identifying them and supporting them and growing them because they are the ones that are going to spread the word. Coach has so much to do uh, while enablers can reach further. And with all of these three elements, now you don't you want to bring that knowledge of um, a customer seat at the table, which is really important. You want this organization now to start uh, calling customer the real customer, not a line of business, right? It is a big, it is a big problem in so, so many areas where the technology calls customer a line of business, where it is money of the same organization moving from one area to another. So let's break that. Let's call customer who really is, and let's all focus to that customer, because now we have more opportunities into better solutions and better openings, better outputs. Um, making technology um, really a good um, part of the success. Don't call technology your cost center. Call technology or partner, because they are gonna support you. They are gonna bring the latest and the greatest. Uh, or they can block you because they're going to do something in a very, like in rush and things are not going to be well and you're going to deliver something with a lot of defects. So make technology or partners, support them, learn from them, uh, invite them to bring new technology that can make things easier. Um, and a lot of things in the middle that, you know, if you have these things in place, then everything is now a filler but it makes the whole better and stronger and more robust and more sustainable. I love it. I have, there was something you touched on earlier and I want to drill back to it for a sure. second and it's somewhat unrelated. You talked about innovation and creativity, mm -hmm. the very wonderful idea of letting creative people create. Yeah. I think innovation exists everywhere, yeah. but we frequently box it up and we need to unlock it. Mm -hmm. How should, how do people, how can people be more creative or express that creativity? What, what's the process of being more creative? I truly believe that people have creativity uh, on what they do. They're just busy. Yes. And I have seen people that were considered old. Oh, they've been here for 40 years. They're done. They're just waiting for their uh, retirement. I have seen people that felt like, oh, they never speak. They never say anything. Just give them what to do and they'll do it. But give them a goal. Give them a space. Remove the noise around them. And you're going to be amazed to see that they come up with these amazing ideas that um, some of the people that talk a lot wouldn't have come up with. Right. Um, I was just, uh, last week I was in a, a retrospective with a team and there was four guys and one girl in the team, unfortunately. And all the guys were talking and everybody's opinions were coming up. And I said, okay, how about you? And I created space for her. And she said two things that everyone was like, oh, yeah, 
that is amazing. So the quiet one, the one that everyone was not considering, gave some amazing ideas when the space was given. So I tried to do that with everyone. So, so the point that I took away from that is make space for people to be creative. Give them a spot on the wall where they can put ideas up and let them listen, sit there. And listen to them. Listen, yeah. Give them a goal because they know the system. It's not like they don't know. They live it. And they... I'm sure they have ideas on how of to course. get things better. They probably go home every day yeah, and talk to their spouses and say, oh, I wish we could do that. You got it. You got it. Right. Ardita, this has been so much fun. Yes. This, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Thank you. Thank you for being on the I show. I am so happy we had this. Me too. And wh where can people find you and find out more about your, you know, the things that you're talking about and your, your contributions to the community, which is huge, by the yeah. way, you got to look Ardita up because she's everywhere. Thank you. Uh, so please tell us where we can find you. So I do have my meetup. Uh, is called Agile Ontario, has been running for five years, every month. I am uh, really proud we started this in a time when there was no meetups around Agile, and now there's so many. I'm so happy that everyone is taking a chance to grow our community. I am a true believer that by growing community and by making our community stronger, we're going to influence our organizations and we're going to raise the bar and make Toronto a better place and GTA. So um, I think I'm seeing my dream um, taking shape there. Congratulations. I'm That's got to be fun. I, yes. Um, you can find me on t on Twitter is Ardita underscore K because Ardita K was taken. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, in two weeks, I'm going to be in India uh, on a keynote on a technical agile conference. And I'm running also a workshop on lean product management. I'm very excited about that. And after that is going to be the Agile 2019 conference coming up in Washington. I am uh, a track chair and a speaker for that conference. I had so much fun being a track chair on the product and customer track. Uh, we have selected some really great sessions, so I'm re really looking forward to that. And uh, I'm also having a talk there about, um, uh, the, the title is Don't Write Those User Stories. And it is about the fact that um, so often we see teams writing user stories like, oh, I'm a database and I need to be up to date in order to achieve my goal. Right. Uh, those are not the types of user stories we want to see. Yeah. So I'm uh, having this talk, talking, um, giving alternatives on how to have product owners communicating better with the teams. That You're busy. You've got a lot going uh, on. Yeah. How yes. do you find time for it all? <laughs> how do you do it? Um, and on top of that, um, my company, Industrial Logic Canada, that I'm uh, building and I'm uh, really happy to to have uh, it's passion Chris I know. when it is I know. passion and it is I uh, what I'm doing it's my hobby mm -hmm. so when when you love what you do is not a job anymore is not is fun so mm -hmm. I enjoy it I, I find time and and I'm I'm really loving it congratulations you're thank doing you. so well and I'm so happy to see it thank you and it's a privilege to have you on the show thank you so much for bringing your ideas today Thank you so much for this and what you do for our community as well. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Listen, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay badass.